What is going on, everybody? This is your host, Matt Rinke, the founder of Illumination Wealth, coming to you with another episode of the Sharing the Illumination Wealth podcast. For those of you joining us again or for your first time, this podcast is to help you get the greatest return on your entire financial life. And we bring you insights that approach wealth building and financial freedom from the inside out. Think of this as the convergence of enhancing your financial intelligence, your emotional intelligence, as well as your own personal growth and development. We are here to help you find ways to strategically and intentionally design your financial life for enduring financial freedom both now and in the future. Over the past few weeks, we've been talking a lot about real estate investment. We've been talking about the cash flow and the benefits that it provides. And prior to that, we were talking about taxes and thinking about taxes in a new way because the tax code was created not to help the rich, but to help the prepared. And one of the ways that I have prepared is by learning from my mistakes. I have prepared for the future by learning from my own mistakes. And I want to use this episode to talk about my million dollar mistake that I made at age 21. Now, you might be thinking, what could happen at age 21 that would create a million dollar mistake. So let me tell you a little bit about the situation. I went to the University of Wisconsin-Madison and while I was in college, my business, uh, my really close friend and I, we ran a business during college and this business, what it did, it, it transported students from Madison, Wisconsin back to the Minneapolis-St. Paul area on all of the major school holidays and breaks. Now, Minneapolis and Madison were about a four-hour drive from one another, and not all the students had cars. And so our business would essentially charter buses, and we would charter five or six 50-person buses, and we would charge a fee for each student like a bus ticket similar to a greyhound except we would take the sketchy greyhoundness out of it and we would have a student only bus where there was movies snacks and your friends on the bus and this bus service had you know operations that would happen for thanksgiving it would happen for winter break it would happen for spring break and for a few other breaks throughout the school year. And it became a pretty nice, simple, easy business for my business partner and I to run. There wasn't a lot of work involved and we would have to advertise a little bit around campus. And at times we had people help us post flyers around campus that we'd pay a little bit of money to. Um, And other than that, we wouldn't need to do too much else other than collect checks and make a reservation for the buses to show up at a certain place and then drop the students off at a certain time. And eventually this business grew to where it generated net income of about $40,000. So my business partner and I were each making a little bit over $20,000 per year while we were in college. As we were running the business, most of our friends' junior year traveled abroad. We foregoed traveling abroad. Tra- talk about delayed 
and deferred gratification, we ran our business. We were one of our few in our groups of friends to actually remain in Madison to follow our entrepreneurial commitment and run the business. However, we did go on spring break and visit our friends in Italy, which was a fantastic trip. And it shows you that spring break was an important time for our business. And what happened when we went on spring break? Our business ran without us, which is an extremely powerful concept for all business owners. We were able to travel and we were able to have our business run efficiently and effectively completely without us. And so lo and behold, we ran this business again in, in senior year. It still, you know, continued to produce fruit and it grew a little bit each and every year and we were able to increase prices, you know, uh, as well along the lines. And so as we fast forward, eventually we were getting to graduation. Uh, both my business partner and myself, we were going in different directions. I was looking to move to Los Angeles. Uh, he was going to be moving to uh, Chicago and So we decided to do something with the business. And this is where a mistake was made, but it wasn't a a mistake was made. And the million dollar mistake was that we gifted the business to two of our good friends and for no consideration. So we built some of the business made it more strong, stable, and then we gifted it to them to run. They were sophomores in college, and they would have the ability to continue that business on in the future. So instead of selling the business, we gave it away. Instead of retaining the business, we gave it away. And to this day, I think about what does that mean? What did that mean to me? Because the business ran without me. It ran without us, which is what every business owner dreams of. So I and my business partner each gave up $20,000 per year in cash flow, straight cash flow that required little to no effort on our part. The business operated without us. Had I kept the business, had it outsourced and operated and delegated as it did when we were traveling abroad, the business would have put $20,000 in my pocket each and every year. Every single year I could have taken that $20,000 and invested it in another business. I could have invested it in a piece of property. I could have invested that in the S&P 500 index fund and not even thought about it. Now, had I have made that decision, That $20,000 a year could have been reinvested simply in the S&P 500 index fund. Today, that decision would be worth $1 million. Pretty big impact. And there would have been very little that I would have had to do to create that wealth. I would have had the time freedom. It would have been straight mailbox money. And so that business decision still impacts me to this day, but it's also made me a better entrepreneur. It's made me a better business leader. It's made me a better advisor to our clients. And so it's important that we learn from these decisions and what these decisions can mean for our clients, for you, for your business, for the way that you invest your money. And over the past several years, we've had numerous clients sell their businesses at opportune times. 
And so as an entrepreneur, many people think about building a business to eventually sell it. And there's things that need to be considered there. You know, should I sell my business? When should I sell it? What will I even get for it in terms of proceeds? Many people think that they will get more than what they actually will do in reality. And then in other cases, maybe you shouldn't sell it. Perhaps you should keep it. Perhaps you should do what I didn't do. You should keep the business. Perhaps retire inside the business where you don't actually need to work in the business. You just retire and have it continue to pay you cash flow over time. That business and possibility was there for me and my business partner. But we foregone that conclusion. Now, let me tell you why this decision about selling or keeping your business is important. And there's no right or wrong answer for everybody, but there may be a reason why instead of the pot of gold and the selling your business happens at the end, that might not be the right decision for you. Perhaps you haven't built enough wealth to sustain your lifestyle in financial independence or retirement. Perhaps there's no way that you have an investment portfolio that would be sufficient to produce enough income and cash flow for you to live the lifestyle that you want. But depending upon the type of business and the outlook it has for its future, you might have the ability to systematize your business and to delegate responsibility where you are simply the chairman of the board of your own business. And that business might produce cash flow for you as you are in retirement with little to no involvement on your behalf. So it's less about selling it and getting a chunk of money. It's more about how do you empower your team, perhaps give some of the upside, have complete systems and processes in place. Think about McDonald's and the e-myth. How does that happen inside your business to where your business just gives you checks each and every month or each and every quarter as distributions. So think about this. Play this through the mind. Imagine your business that over the years, you perhaps make a concerted effort to remove yourself from it. And let's just say that it produces $300,000 of income for you. This after tax might produce a pretty nice lifestyle for you and your family and create financial independence for you. That amount of money. So If you were to say, look, I'm going to sell my business one day. Well, perhaps because of the size of your business, because of the industry that you're in, because of how it operates, you might be only able to sell it for five times cash flow. Now let's walk through this scenario. Five times cash flow. Five times 300,000 is 1.5 million. Well, that that $1.5 million will likely be taxable. You can do some tax planning to, you know, whether it's charitable tax planning and other tax planning that will allow you to reduce your taxes on the sale. But because that's a high taxable event, you're likely going to be taxed around a third if you live in California. So that $1.5 million becomes $1 million that you now get to reinvest. So now you have, re- you have reinvestment money. Now think about, I now have a million dollars. How will I replace that $1 million or that $300,000 that I was generating income from my business? That will $1 million in the traditional financial planning sense, there's the 4% rule or the rule of 25, which basically says that you can safely withdraw from a $1 million portfolio over 30 years without the fear of running out of money, 4% with inflation, 4% 
of $1 million is $40,000 per year. A far cry from the $300,000 that your business was generating from you, for you. And let's say you find some other investment properties that are, gener- you, that are, you know, it's a six cap rate that you're able to buy pretty safely and durably. A six cap rate pays you 6% cash on cash return each and every year, $60,000 a year. That is another far cry from the 60, from the $300,000 that you were making inside of your business prior to that. So you can understand that for some people, the sale of a business might not produce the required income or the ability to create income that would be necessary for you to live the life that you want. And so your decision might be to keep it. It might be to actually, quote unquote, retire in the business where you get removed from the day-to-day operations, but you get to continue to bear the fruits of being an owner of the business that provides you with income each and every month and quarter versus selling it and reinvesting the proceeds. Now think about what if you were able to sustain that business instead of selling it. And over the next five years, the next six years, the next 10 years, that business was able to remain intact and continue to produce $300,000 for you. Perhaps 15 years. That money means a lot more than the one and a half million pre-tax lump sum that you would be getting from the sale of your business. Not to mention, simply owning a business is going to provide you with other tax deductions that you wouldn't get had you sold your business and have no other businesses. You still have retirement plan opportunities. You still have other business deductions that could include your health insurance, that it could include your car payments, that could include travel and other expenditures that your personal life, that your business is paying for your personal lifestyle. But We've had many, as I said, there's been many clients of ours over the past few years that have sold their business. They've sold it because of things that are going on in their personal financial life or things that are going on inside of their own industry and economy. We've had a doctor that sold his business because the trends in reimbursement rates, because of the trends in insurance and Obamacare. It got, they got an offer from a private equity company that was too good to refuse. So it made sense at the time to sell that business. There's other clients of ours that had mature businesses that were, that were growing, that weren't growing as much and that were likely on the decline, but their cash flow in prior years showed pretty strong growth and it allowed them to sell at an optimal time. And in other cases, a business might have grown really fast, super fast, that the buyers, the private equity buyers that were not the big private equity buyers, but the middle, lower end, middle market private equity buyers, they used all these models and they essentially paid up for some of the businesses because they extrapolated the 30, 40, 50% run rate growth for the foreseeable future, which we know cannot continue forever. 
And so there are times where it makes sense to actually sell your business. But depending upon where you are in your life, what type of income you need, what lifestyle that you want, selling your business might not be the solution. But we all need to be prepared no matter what, whether we want to retire in our business or not, to be prepared to sell it. Because we might be forced to sell it based on certain factors in our lifetime, whether we don't have an heir apparent, whether our family does not want to succeed us. And so despite the fact that you might want to retire in us, there still need to retire in the business. You might still need a, you still need a plan to be able to sell it in the event that you have to be removed from it. So learn from my million dollar mistake at age 21, figure out a way inside your business to potentially monetize it without you and create a per in perpetuity income stream. I know that I've learned a lot from this business decision back at age 21. I'm grateful for the opportunity to have ran the business. I'm grateful for that mistake. I'm grateful for the fact that I was able to create value for other friends of mine to run and have that experience running a business. So that million dollar mistake financially wasn't really a million dollar mistake because I definitely gained way more than a million dollars of knowledge. I definitely helped other friends and other people in the community by keeping this business going uh, and thriving to this day. And so think about what this might mean for you as you build your business. How can you put it into a place to remove yourself, systemize it and create an income stream similar to how people create real estate income. They buy something, They don't need to spend their day-to-day working inside the business. They collect checks from the people who are renting the space out to them. How can the same thing be put in place in your business? And so that's what's important. Learn from my million-dollar mistake and figure out how you can design your business around the life that you want and figure out the succession plan that may allow you to retire completely from your business and sell it and become financially free or to become financially free because your business, you continue to own it and continues to produce what you needed to produce. So if you have any questions about how your business plan will support your financial independence plan, do not hesitate to reach out. You can schedule a time to chat, www.illuminationwealth forward slash schedule. Email me, matt at illuminationwealth.com and continue to follow us where we are hosting these episodes every week and we continue to produce new content on our blog and would love any feedback or input that you have. So continue to live your best financial life, stay well, live wealthy and look forward to doing this again soon. Take care.